Chapter 12 of Marvels of Modern Science. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Marvels of Modern Science by Paul Severing. Chapter 12 Wonderful Warships. Dimensions, Displacements, Cost and description of battleships, capacity and speed, preparing for the future. All modern battleships are of steel construction. The basis of all protection on these vessels is the protective deck, which is also common to the armored cruiser and many varieties of gunboats. This deck is of heavy steel, covering the whole of the vessel a little above the water line in the center. It slopes down from the center until it meets the sides of the vessel, about three feet below the water. It extends the entire length of the ship and is firmly secured at the ends to the heavy stem and stern posts. Underneath this deck are the essentials of the vessel, the boilers and machinery, the magazines and shell rooms, the ammunition cells, and all the explosive paraphernalia which must be vigilantly safeguarded against the attacks of the enemy. Every precaution is taken to ensure safety. All openings in the protective deck above are covered with heavy steel gratings to prevent fragments of shell or other combustible substances from getting through to the magazine or powder cells. The heaviest armor is usually placed at the waterline because it is this part of the ship which is the most vulnerable and open to attack, and where a shell or projectile would do the most harm. If a hole were torn in the side at this place, the vessel would quickly take in water and sink. On this account, the armor is made thick and is known as the waterline belt. At the point where the protective deck and the ship's side meet, there is a projection, or ledge, on which this armor belt rests. Thus it goes down about three feet below the water, and it extends to the same distance above. The barbettes, that is, the parapets supporting the gun turrets are one forward and one aft. They rest upon the protective deck at the bottom and extend up about four feet above the upper deck. At the top of the barbettes, revolving on rollers, are the turrets, sometimes called the hoods, containing the guns and the leading mechanism and all of the machinery in connection with the same. The turret ammunition hoists lead up from the magazine below delivering the charges and projectiles for the guns at the very breach so that they can be loaded immediately. An athwartship line of armor runs from the waterline to the barbettes, resting upon the protective deck. In fact, the space between the protective and upper deck is so closed in with armor, with a barbette at each end, that it is like a citadel, or fort, or some redoubt, well guarded from the enemy. Resting upon the water belt and the athwartship, or diagonal armor, and following the same direction, is a layer of armor, usually somewhat thinner, which is called the lower casemate armor. It extends up to the lower edge of the broadside gun ports, and resting upon it in turn is the upper casemate armor, following the same direction and forming the protection for the broadside battery. The explosive effect of the modern shell is so tremendous that were one to get through the upper casemate and explode immediately after entering, it would undoubtedly disable several guns 
and kill their entire crews. It is, therefore, usual to isolate each broadside gun from its neighbors by light nickel-steel bulkheads a couple of inches or so thick, and to prevent the same disastrous result among the guns on the opposite side, a fore and aft bulkhead of about the same thickness is placed on the center line of the ship. Each gun of the broadside battery is thus mounted in a space by itself, somewhat similar to a stall. Abaft the forward turret, there is a vertical armored tube resting on the protective deck, and at its upper end is the conning tower, from which the ship is worked when in action, and which is well safeguarded. The tube protects all the mechanical signaling gear running into the conning tower, from which communication can be had instantly with any part of the vessel. To build a battleship that will be practically unsinkable by the gunfire of an enemy, it is only necessary to make the water-belt armor thick enough to resist the shells, missiles, and projectiles aimed at it. There is another essential that is equally important, and that is the protection of the batteries. The experience of modern battles has made it manifest that it is impossible for the crew to do their work when exposed to a hail of shot and shell from a modern battery of rapid-fire and automatic guns. And so, in all more recently built battleships and armored cruisers and gunboats, the protection of broadside batteries and exposed positions has been increased, even at the expense of the waterline belt. Armor plate has been much improved in recent years. During the Civil War, the armor on our monitors was only an inch thick, through such an armor, the projectiles of our time would penetrate as easily as a bullet through a pine board. It was the development of gunpowder and projectiles that called forth the thick armor, but it was soon found that it was impossible for the armor to keep pace with the deadliness of the guns, as it was utterly impossible to carry the weight necessary to resist the force of impact. Then came the use of special plates, the compound armor where a hard face to break up the projectile was welded to a softer back to give the necessary strength. This was followed by the steel armor treated by the Harvey process. It was like the compound armor in having a hard face and a soft back, but the plates were made from a single ingot without any welding. The Harvey process enabled an enormously greater resistance to be obtained with a given weight of armor, but even it has been surpassed by the Krupp process, which enables twelve inches of thickness to give the same resistance as fifteen of Harveyized plates. The armament, or battery, of warships is divided into two classes, viz., as in, namely, the main and second batteries. The main battery comprises the heaviest guns on the ship, those firing large shell and armor-piercing projectiles, while the second battery consists of small rapid-fire and machine guns for use against torpedo boats, or to attack the unprotected, or lightly protected, gun positions of an enemy. The main battery of our modern battleships consists usually of ten twelve-inch guns, mounted in pairs on turrets in the center of the ship. In addition to these heavy guns, it is usual to mount a number of smaller ones of from five to eight inches diameter of bore on each broadside although sometimes they are mounted on turrets, like the larger guns. A 12-inch breech-loading gun, 50 calibers long and weighing 83 tons, 
will propel a shell weighing 880 pounds by a powder charge of 624 pounds at a velocity of over 2,620 feet per second, giving an energy at the muzzle of over 40,000 foot-tons and is capable of penetrating at the muzzle 45 inches of iron. During the last few years, very large increases have been made in the dimensions, displacements, and costs of battleships and armored cruisers as compared with vessels of similar classes previously constructed. Both England and the United States have constructed enormous war vessels within the past decade. The British Dreadnought, built in 1905, has a draft of 31 feet 6 inches and a displacement of 22,200 tons. Later vessels of the dreadnought type have a normal draft of 27 feet and a naval displacement of 18,600 tons. Armored cruisers of the British Invincible class have a draft of 26 feet and a displacement of 17,250 tons, with 1,000 tons of coal on board. These cruisers have engines developing 41,000 horsepower. Within the past two years, the United States has turned out a few formidable battleships, which it is claimed surpass the best of those of any other navy in the world. The Delaware and North Dakota each have a draft of 26 feet, 11 inches, and a displacement of 20,000 tons. Great interest attached to the trials of these vessels because they were sister ships, fitted with different machinery, and it was a matter of speculation which would develop the greater speed. In addition to the consideration of the battleship as a fighting machine at close quarters, Uncle Sam is trying to have her as fleet as an ocean greyhound, should an enemy heave in sight, so that the latter would not have much opportunity to show his heels to a broadside. The Delaware, which has reciprocating engines, exceeded her contract speed of 21 knots on her runs over a measured mile course in Penobscot Bay on October 22nd and 23rd, 1909. Three runs were made at the rate of 19 knots, three at 20.50 knots, and five at 21.98 knots. The North Dakota is furnished with Curtis turbine engines. Here is a comparison of the two ships. Fastest run over measured mile. Delaware, 21.98. North Dakota, 22.25. Average of five high runs. Delaware, 21.44. North Dakota, 21.83. Full power trial speed. Delaware, 21.56. North Dakota, 21.64. Full Power Trial Horsepower Delaware, 28,600 North Dakota, 31,400 Full Power Trial Coal Consumption Tons Per Day Delaware, 578 North Dakota, 583 19-knot trial coal consumption Tons Per Day Delaware, 315 North Dakota, 295. 12-knot trial coal consumption. Tons per day. Delaware, 111. North Dakota, 105. 
The Florida, a 21,825-ton boat, was launched from the Brooklyn Navy Yard last May 12th. Her sister ship, the Utah, took water the previous December at Camden. Here is a comparison of the North Dakota of 1908 and the Florida of 1910. Length, North Dakota, 518 feet, 9 inches. Florida, 521 feet, 6 inches. Beam, North Dakota, 85 feet, 2 and a half inches. Florida, 88 feet, 2 and a half inches. Draft, mean. North Dakota, 26 feet, 11 inches. Florida, 28 feet, 6 inches. Displacement. North Dakota, 20,000 tons. Florida, 21,825 tons. Coal supply. North Dakota, 2,500 tons. Florida, 2,500 tons. Oil. North Dakota, 400 tons. Florida, 400 tons. Belt armor. North Dakota, 12 inches to 8 inches. Florida, 12 inches to 8 inches. Turret armor. North Dakota, 12 inches. Florida, 12 inches. Battery armor. North Dakota, 6 inches. Florida, 6 and a half inches. Smokestack protection. North Dakota, 6 inches. Florida, 9 and a half inches. 12 inch guns. North Dakota, 10. Florida, 10. 5 inch guns. North Dakota, 14. Florida, 16. Speed. North Dakota, 21 knots. Florida, 20.75 knots. The Florida has Parsons turbines working on four shafts and generates 28,000 horsepower. The United States Navy has planned to lay down next year, 1911, two ships of 32,000 tons armed with 14-inch guns, each to cost $18 million as compared with the $11 million ships of 1910. The following are to be some of the features of the projected ships which are to be named the Arkansas and Wyoming. 554 feet long, 93 feet 3 inch beam, 28 feet 6 inch draft, 26,000 tons displacement, 28,000 horsepower, 30 and a half knots speed, 1,650 to 2,500 tons coal supply, armament of 12 12 inch guns, 21 5-inch, 4 3-pounders, and 2 torpedo tubes. Fittings in recent United States battleships are for 21-inch torpedoes. The armor is to be 11-inch on belt and barbettes, and on sides 8 inches, and each ship is to carry a complement of 1,115 officers and men. Two of the turrets will be set forward on the forecastle deck, which will have 28 feet, freeboard, the guns in the first turret being 34 feet above the water, 
and those of the second about forty feet. Aft of the second turret will be the conning tower, and then will come the four fire control tower, or lattice mast, with searchlight towers carried on it. Next will come the forward funnel, on each side of which will be two small open rod towers with strong searchlights. Then will come the main fire control tower, and the after funnel, and another open tower with searchlight. The two lattice steel towers are to be 120 feet high and 40 feet apart. The four remaining turrets will be abaft the main funnel, the third turret having its guns 32 feet above water, those in the other turrets about 25 feet above water. The guns will be the new 50 caliber type. All 12 will have broadside fire over a wide arc, and four can be fired right ahead and four right astern. End of chapter 12. Recording by Sky Simaru. Mililani, Hawaii, May 2020.